Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. Life is an incredible gift, and it's over before we know it. How do we live it fully, live it intentionally, live it well? Each week, we'll lean in and learn together from inspiring leaders, mentors, and friends who have embraced this mindset and are living it well. Leaders like John Eldridge. You've got to know your story. What was it I once dreamed of? Suzanne Stabile. Once we can accept our difference, we can find what we hold in common. And Aaron Nequist. We want to be a community that doesn't just believe things about Jesus, but learns how to rearrange our lives to put his words into practice for the sake of the world. Thanks again for joining us. Let's get started. Well, it's Christmas season. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, who else's house is decorated like craziness? I know ours is. <laughs> and we hope you're having a blast too. We hope you're having an amazing Christmas holiday and season with your family as you prepare for the holidays. And uh, we're excited for next week. Yes, it's the one year podcast anniversary for this podcast. Woohoo! Yeah, it's been such an incredible ride. Oh my gosh. So many wonderful guests, so many conversations that have rocked our world, and it's been so great to hear from you guys how it's impacted you as well. And one of the episodes that we have heard the most about is episode 24 with Casey and Anissa Darnell. So we're really excited to revisit that today and to dive into that wonderful conversation. When you do these podcast interviews, you don't know what's going to come out of it. You have a great conversation and hopefully impacts people's lives, but sometimes you meet people who literally become true friends. And for Casey and I, man, we have built a great friendship. He's a great guy, great heart. You dad of four girls, same as <laughs> as me. You know, sometimes you go, "What are we gonna do about these girls?" <laughs> but uh, you know, his heart is so good. The way he loves his wife, the way he encourages her, and we hear that in this episode, mm-hmm. and we've seen that all year long as we've this friendship with them has grown. So yeah. we're so excited for you guys to hear this episode again and know that it's gonna bless you. Yeah, I loved how they talked about supporting your spouse's dreams and your kids' dreams mm-hmm. and being a person who who has eyes to see that, looking for the dreams of your spouse and your kids and doing what's necessary to support them. If they're into dance, signing them up for a class, if they love to paint, you know, putting some paintbrushes and a little pad on their desk, like just having eyes to see the dreams and the gifts of those around you and calling them out. It's such an important thing to remember. Yeah. All right. Well, we love it. We know you love it. It's one of the most listened to episodes we've ever done. Yeah. So without further ado, here's Casey and Anissa. We are so excited about having you guys today. We're happy to be here with y'all. <laughs> well, for our listeners who don't know of you yet, would you just take a second and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. My name is Casey. Uh, it's a girl name sometimes. And so <laughs> and we have an interior design company together, my wife, Anissa, and I, and uh, do design and stuff. And then I've been doing music for a very long time and we kind of joined our forces to um, be at home as much as possible with four little girls. And we started a company called Truth & Co. two years ago or so. That is amazing. I, I love the, um, we do design and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that piece. So what, unpack this stuff for me. What, what is, is it? So like mean? she designs and you sing in the background? Like what? What is that exactly? What does mean? that look yeah. like? I would love to hear that. <laughs> he, um, I like to serenade her. <laughs> hey, it's like, like you, it'd be hard to have a website that said, yeah, interior design, um, while simultaneously changing dirty diapers and potty training <laughs> and lunch and picking up kids from school. That's the stuff. I think it's just doing 
the life that we have right now is a little crazy. So it's it's funny for me when I tell people or when Anissa and I are telling somebody what we do and we just say we're an interior design firm and we have a team and we do home reno and that kind of stuff. It just feels like I've really shortchanged how crazy our life is. Sure, yeah. But, you know, yeah, our mission statement is helping busy families have the roadmap they need to the dream home they want without the headache. Nailed it. That's awesome. Right. That's the so stuff awesome. right there. I like that. <laughs> oh, Donald, we love us some story brand. Yeah. Yeah. So came up with that. Thanks to him. But yeah, just it's a big, crazy headache. It's a lot of stress when you do home stuff. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, you watch a TV show and you think in an hour I can have that. But that's not <laughs> true. Months and months. Yeah. Right. And a lot of planning and detail. And so we've built a team, assembled a team of really talented and gifted designers and um, and girls that love to help run stuff and, and run our life. And so by our powers combined, we are <laughs> Truth and Co. There it is. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. And you guys live in the Atlanta area, right? Yes. And you have four beautiful daughters. Thank you. What are their ages and names? I forgot their ages, but I'll tell you <laughs> So Ava, Ava is almost 11, and then we have Rosa. She's about to be six, and then Eleanor is three and a half, and Adeline is one. Oh, that's so sweet. And uh, Ava, it's Ava Truth. Her middle name is Truth, and we got Truth, Grace, Love, and Honor. Uh, honor. And so the, the idea of Truth and Co. actually began from my daughter's name, just coming up with a brand, and then it turned into like the house for our future company. We didn't know that at the time. But it was like going to be Ava and her sister, so Truth and Co. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, well, hey, let's do something, create a legacy, something that we can build together. And then it ended up being, like I said, where we ended up resting as a company. That's awesome. Well, we're going to get into Truth and Co. for sure. I want to hear the story behind that and how it kind of came to life. But before we do that, I want to go back to the beginning when way you <laughs> way back when you guys met. Tell us that story. How did you guys meet, and um, how did you get together? Oh, man. Well, we, <laughs> we met in 2000, so we've been together for, I mean, for us, it feels like Four, forever. <laughs> I met him when I was 17. So that totally gives away my age. Easy. Um, so I was a senior in high school, and don't worry, parents out there, we had permission. Um, but <laughs> I, let us explain. Let us let explain. Us explain. Yeah, you guys uh, are totally I, cool with your girls doing that, right? That's, <laughs> no. Uh, I, <laughs> my stomach goes in knots if I think if my well, daughter. I was twenty. I was twenty-two. Yeah. Da, that, da, da. Mm-hmm. The plot thickens. There we go. The quote Anissa's dad: "What business does a twenty-two-year-old have with a seventeen-year-old?" <laughs> <laughs> I see four daughters in the future, sir. That's what the, I see. No, That's the right. reason nice. is the man had to be up to the maturity level, so you needed those five years. Yeah, <laughs> technically, I was seventeen in maturity. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, love it. Nice. No, we. I met her at a youth group, um, showed up one night to help the praise team, as they called it back then. And um, she was hanging out with this group of people. And honestly, I they I knew they were all younger than me. And so I left and was like calling my brother, who's um, a few years younger than me. I was like, Gabe, you ought to come to this youth group. There's some really pretty girls. And uh, <laughs> It's a very holy motivation. <laughs> Like this could be a missionary field for you. This could be great. Yeah. Um, anyway, no, I just uh, started helping out, and that's when we met mm-hmm. that night, and then we just became friends for a very long time. But Anissa is Canadian. Nice. That's a big kind of 
backdrop of that whole story um, because she, for many, many years, I guess since she was 12, trying to figure out how with her parents how to stay here. Mm -hmm. And so part of us getting married sooner and all that was, um, well, we didn't get married. We got married three and a half years later, but she was just 21 and her parents ended up having to go back to Canada the next year. So Mm -hmm. we always tell our girls, there's a whole lot more to the story. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> saved her. I rescued her mommy. But, right. but again, I made you wait almost four years to marry me. So right. Because again, just... I was actually 21, not 25. <laughs> right. Right. In maturity. Right. right. Yeah. So. I saw potential, babe. I saw potential. Oh, yeah. You did. And it's still it. there. But yeah, we met. <laughs> we, uh, okay. All this potential. <laughs> Seventeen years later, so yeah, we we uh, dated for a long time. We ended up hanging out at that church a lot while, and then yeah, uh, I ended up working later on staff after she was out of high school. But um, did a whole bunch of ministry stuff together mm-hmm. and sang together, and had some crazy experiences with that. Yep. Uh, she actually left me on stage one time, uh, our first duet together at, in front of like 500 kids. She ran to the bathroom and <laughs> I, I came out from one side dramatically and she came out from the other. Picture that moment from The Greatest Showman, uh, Rewrite the Stars, that nice. song. Yes. But picture like Zac Efron by himself and there's no girl. <laughs> like, how awkward would that be? That was that moment for me. So we, we somehow made it through all that craziness and uh, got Man. married and- there you go. So yeah, after that, awesome. we moved to Florida, um, did youth ministry there for a year, and then uh, quickly came back. And <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Ran back. We did it. We checked that box, came back. Yeah. It was a really but, cool season of our life, but it was really, really, that first year of marriage, no one knows how challenging it's going to be yeah. until you're in it. And I was gradually getting married to a church and a youth group. And we realized, man, this isn't the best situation. I need to go home. Mm. But we did build a house there real quick. That was our first project we did together. Kind of fell in our lap and we did that. And then it ended up being a really, really great gift that God had in mind for us. And so it just, you look back now and you go, man, God knew what he was doing. But yeah, you know, fast forward, we moved back uh, a year after that. And that kind of launches our journey into music world for several years and Anissa doing design on the side and kind of figuring our life out. Yep. Okay. That's so awesome. Thank you guys for sharing that. I want to jump into some of these dreams. Definitely want to talk to you, Anissa, about Truth and Company. But before we do that, I know you you said something, Casey, about your music career. Talk to us about that. Did you grow up wanting to be a musician? How did you get started in music? How did that dream come to life? I grew up kind of seeing my whole family sing. I used to sing in high school uh, and I think I wanted to sing, you know, like there was something in me. It felt like I want to do that, but I was shy, believe it or not. And, uh, I also played basketball my whole life. And so I, I kind of ran towards sports. So when I got out of high school, the music thing just kind of kept finding me and opportunities kept coming to me. And, um, I ended up making, <laughs> when we met, I was in a boy band and I was in Nashville and, um, yeah, good old times with a a large (laughs) group that was putting a boy band together to kind of rival the NSYNC Backstreet Boy thing. There was this like, let's do a Christian thing. So I got into that for about half a year or so. And I ended up bailing uh, and they they all knew me as the guy that left because of a girl. um, And that was Anissa. So she's the reason that I'm not wildly successful as a former boy band star. Oh my goodness. We've got to look up those videos. We're going to have to figure out how to find those. I need need to go. Do you have like your highlight? Do you have like hair highlights? Like blonde? (laughs) All the time. 
Please yeah. tell me. used to pull my hair through a cap and dye it for me. Nice. Oh, yep. you, oh the caps. It was a joke, yep. but that's, <laughs> it was real. Okay. <laughs> that is true. That is we a used fact. to frost them tips like a, I mean, yeah, we were. Oh, yeah. Frost those tips. Hot. I love it. But love yeah, it. that, that kind of, I ended up not doing that. Did youth ministry for several years. Um, I just loved the ministry side of engaging people with God and, and a big heartbeat for helping people find why they were created, like find their purpose. And I love the networking and the, I'm a motivational motivator guy. And so I, the music thing for me, I think was always really more about the connection, not so much about launching some awesome music career and Hey, here I am. Here's how awesome I am in my songs. It was I really want to uh, engage with people and connect people. And so I started writing songs and ended up getting into like worship pastor jobs. And then I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but had a record come out, put some songs out and it just kind of kept finding me. And again, all the while, Anissa's doing interior design kind of part time on the side. Um, Am I missing some major detail? I'm skipping a lot. You need to tell them about the bag. The bag? Yeah. What about You said bag. I love how Canadian you are sometimes. It sneaks up. (laughs) <laughs> the brown paper bag. The brown paper bag. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, when I met, well, we had just met. And it was like, Casey, you're like a really good singer and stuff. And um, it just feels like you're singing like all of the notes. And, you know, maybe you could, I, I forgot how she said it, but she gave me this bag full of worship CDs. And I had never heard worship music. I didn't know about Passion or Hillsong or any of that. And she gave me like six CDs and I remember hearing that music and it jacked me up. I was like, this is different. This is a, I feel like all music is maybe pointing the finger at Jesus and saying there's, there's a creator, there's a lover of your soul, but this music is engaging people to like respond in it differently. And Mm -hmm. I had never heard that and I didn't grow up that with that kind of music. We did hymns, which were great, but it was definitely not designed to invite somebody in to who God is and the response, right? So Mm -hmm. that's what that music did. And that was so foundational for me that it ended up messing me up. It ended up being a large reason why I did quit the band. I love dancing. I love having fun. But I was like, I think I'm feeling pulled towards this idea of being on a stage, but yet I'm reflecting it somewhere else. And let's be honest, if you're in a boy band, you're not reflecting anything. (laughs) Yeah. Reflecting the the light off your tips. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, but that you fast forward and yeah, it was just, I'm trying to make it as short as possible here, but it's labels and publishing and lots of opportunities came. North Point Community Church I ended up getting a call from Andy. I'd written this song after we'd gone through a really heavy time, Anissa and I with a miscarriage and a heartbreaking season ended up, a song kind of rose out of that and it ended up being like a kickstart to the ministry that he had for me with music and um, and I just chased it. I just kind of went after that. And it's funny, you know, you, you get down the road with the things you feel God calls you to. And, and sometimes you don't ever look around or look up and be like, am I still still supposed to be doing this? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's kind of what I have been doing the last few years. And I started phasing down and realizing my heart was not necessarily in. I love the music side, but my heart was, was kind of outgrowing the need to go travel and lead worship. And it was getting bigger for what's happening under my own roof. And it's like I had this thought that the greatest platform that's in my life right now is the one at home, the one in front of the sink, the one serving my family, not the big stages that I keep leaving my home to go get on. And I felt like if I don't take hold of this right now and, and pay attention, I'm going to miss it. So uh, that's kind of how the music thing is not ended. I'm still producing stuff and writing stuff. We can come back to that later. But that's how I kind of 
segued into going, honey, what if we, what if I, not to take some scripture out of context, but what if I decrease so that you can increase? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, you know, it's, it's a lot of career. There are a lot of music to try to stuff into a couple of thoughts, but. Sure. Sure. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love it. And I saw that you, um, you posted that clip from the movie Hook. There, that scene where his wife grabs yeah. his phone and throws it out the window. I love that scene. And we've talked about that yeah. before, you know, that our kids are only little for such a short period of time. Like we yeah. cannot miss it. We can't miss it. So agree completely. You're missing it, Peter. You're missing it. I love that. Yes. <laughs> so good. We're going to have to link that video. It's <laughs> very notes. Canadian of you to do that. <laughs> it, I, I can really, I don't want to offend any Canadian listeners, uh, including my mom. You already did. Right? <laughs> We're not <laughs> So funny. <laughs> so, you know, gosh, I think the opportunity to make way for the gifting and the talent you see in your wife is pretty unique and pretty special, man. So first and foremost, I just want to say that's good on you, man, for doing that. And then I just, I would love to hear Anissa from your perspective. What was that like for you when you guys had that conversation? Gosh, I think I've never felt so supportive, supported in my life. I can tend to be like a pessimist. I am a realist. I am like, I love to dream, but um, Casey's in dreamland. And I I told him, it's like, you're putting your words into action. And I felt really, really believed in. And I, as his wife, like fine to support his dream and and happy to. But we definitely hit a season two years ago, um, me being pregnant. And I was like, I think it was a wake up call when I got used to him being gone more than him being home. And I got into my routine as a wife and my routine as a mom and just, we just got in our role and he kind of had his routine with flying and connections and relationships in Phoenix and other states that I didn't know these people. And I was like, this is not what we wanted and family so important. And it was really though, I didn't have to convince him. He came up with it on his own, which was really awesome as a wife. And that's not always the case. Sometimes we have to give a little nudge, you know, or like, what do you mean you can't read my mind? Um, (laughs) But when he opened the conversation and it was like, Hey, I think I'm going to stop doing this. I was like, Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Cause like there's sometimes I feel like I'm a single mom and I don't know how single moms do it because I know I have you. And like, it just kind of opened this conversation for us to be real honest with each other. And then from that, it was like, Hey, I'm going to stop doing these summer camps and Hey, I'm going to take this off. And It seemed like every couple months he kept saying no to things and it just kept reaffirming me that, gosh, he really believes in me because there are days where I'm like, I suck. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, (laughs) I've read some books and it talks about like imposter syndrome. I'm like, okay, that is a real thing. I mean, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and it makes me come alive. So I keep doing it. Like it really gives me like wind in my sails, but, um, but it's hard work. And there are days when you're just like, gosh, this is hard. And, you know, you just kind of lack confidence and him believing in me has been enormous for, um, even this company, we would not be where we're at today and we still have so much more growth, but, um, he's my biggest cheerleader and I feel so supportive. I have spirit fingers just written all. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So gosh, what a cool story and what's neat. And I would love to know, did you see kind of some confirmation along the way? Obviously you saw your wife coming alive, Casey, but, but, but from the perspective of like, look like, okay, I'm saying no to 
real money. I'm saying no to real money over here. And you're going, I'm, I'm going to allocate my time and energy somewhere else. Uh, because I think people go like, that's great, man. Like, I'm, I hear what you're saying, but how does that flush out in real life? I, I'd love to hear, you know, I'm sure it wasn't easy, but just kind of talk a little bit through that. Mm-hmm. All throughout, even the second year after we got married, little interior design things to do with, you know, publishing something that's happening in the home have been kind of showing up in Anissa's life in really cool ways. And uh, one in particular is um, somehow she got found out with doing design and they wanted to put her on HGTV for a, a design war, a show. She auditioned and it was like, I don't know if they're going to do this. And she was not one to do it. I'm behind yeah. the laptop, like <laughs> jumping up and down, trying to get her to smile and like cheer. I think she cried when she got done. The dude, and it went through all these things and they picked her and then, and she's filming this stuff. And I'm actually gone the entire summer. I'm doing camp after camp mm-hmm. after camp. And I remember calling her and she's like, I won, I won the show. Oh <laughs> and uh, not just getting on it, but like three different things that they had to compete with two other designers and the family would pick one designer of the three to do the final deal. And they selected her and it was televised. It was really, really cool. And that was right before we had our second daughter. We were in this five-year gap between our first and our second, kind of experiencing a lot of heartbreak Mm -hmm. and quietly. And then this music that I'd written and had started doing its thing. So it's kind of like these opportunities kind of started to take off at the same time. But the music one was making the most financial sense. And so we did kind of go down there. But very emotionally, I told Anissa, music has always been about her. It's always been about our family. The last songs that I recorded are me talking about our family and my girls. And if I'm, if music's taking me away from it, then I'm missing the point. That's not what I ever wanted. The family was the dream for me. And so I feel like we never paused to say, hey, God, is there some other way? And it was kind of under our noses with this career. So I didn't like cut cold turkey. (laughs) We had Truth & Co. going for a minute, but there was this moment of me quoting my uh, Andy Stanley and saying, he says this line, don't trade what's unique to you for something someone else can do. And I'd heard him say it 1 million times. I'd been touring around with Catalyst doing these one day events and hearing him give the same Family Matters talk. And it finally just got into my head, kind of like The Greatest Showman, if you've seen that movie. Not oh, to rip just uh, five just, billion times, yeah, you, you know. know. Just, that, oh, that so That last good. line at the end, I don't think we're ruining it now, but it's like, a, <laughs> you know, he's like, what are you going to do? Zach asked him and he's like, I'm going to go home and watch my girls grow. Yes. And, and I was like, I, mean, I wept, y'all. I wept a little eyes out. I mean, I was holding my girls and I was like, <laughs> yeah, yes, it's, it kind of mirrors what we've done and mm-hmm. what, what I'm choosing to do. We've been, you know, we go back to church and I see all my friends leading and singing and I'm like, I've had God whisper in my ear, you're not done. It's kind of a no for now, still writing, still doing stuff, but really wanting to shift the leverage towards, um, hey, how do we actually grow a company that can be successful and can yeah. do well? And as I started to see, we kind of did that for a year and it was straining. It was hard. Mm-hmm. But it hit this moment where my girls are going to be only getting me on the weekend and I'm gone all weekend and I continue to invest in that and it's going to become a liability. It's pulling me away all the mm-hmm. time and I physically have to be gone. What if I put all of my energy towards supporting her and see if it grows? And we did it and it and it's exploded. I, and it was, okay. a, it was a gradual. So like, you know, business wise, it was a gradual phase. I was, I went from traveling everywhere, going to Phoenix twice a month to, okay, let's just take that off. And I remember when I did that same week, I got asked to produce a kid record for an organization called Rethink. Um, They do these conferences called Orange and put out curriculum and content that goes out to thousands of churches. And I got the call the same week and I came in and told her, I was like, you're not going to believe it. And it was almost to the dollar what we were going to miss for the next four months 
of not traveling. And then it was like, okay, God's got us take one more step. And I stopped doing all the events. I started giving them away to all these young guys that are coming up through the ranks. And uh, I get asked to do a couple of more things at home. And all of this I'm producing and writing from home. And I'm running all the songs by my girls. Like, girls, come in here and dance to this. Let me know if this is good. (laughs) And then I got asked to do it again uh, at the same time that I stopped playing Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Yeah. And it's just been like, it's funny, but it is this thing of like, you give me that one step and I'm going to just walk right with you. So it it wasn't that we weren't using wisdom there, but it's amazing. It's helped us want to take more faith risks because we realized that it's not really up to us anyway. So, Guys, you have one life. You get one freaking life. Did you see how I dropped that? (laughs) Mm. That That's been a great podcast, guys. I want to thank everyone. (laughs) Okay, so we've kind of teased around about the idea a little bit. Tell our listeners what Truth and Company is and where the idea got started. We love this verse in Philippians of whatever is true and good and excellent and praiseworthy, think on these things. Yeah. And for years, it was trying to encourage Anissa that, like, hey, you don't just fluff pillows and paint walls. You really are helping people develop the atmosphere Mm -hmm. and the backdrop for the most important place Mm -hmm. uh, where memories are made. People will travel all around the world and go on vacation and take selfies and stand in front of beautiful things. All the while, the most important backdrop is happening in their home and you help shape that. That's actually huge and important and it matters that people think through it. So, Which is so funny. Sorry, I'm interrupting you because all the while, while he's doing music, I'm thinking my career doesn't matter. I mean, it's so materialistic. He's like on stage, he's at church, he's doing like devotions with people and he's writing music to help people grow in their relationship with God. And I'm like, and I'm saying, Hey, I really think we should go with this finish. Like it, (laughs) I I would compare what we did and how it impacted the world. And I just thought, Oh, I can't even compare, you know, Mm -hmm. but he, he brought it up. He's like, you are in people's most intimate spaces. I'm in their master bedrooms. I'm in their kitchens. I'm hanging out with their children. I'm thinking of ways to remove walls so that mommy can see what her kids are watching in the family room because she needs to have an eye on them, you know, and how they entertain and how they want to be together. It's all about being together. So, so yeah, that company idea, that name, I mean, we wrestled back and forth with names, but we had already come up with this name for uh, our oldest Ava. And it was like, Hey, what if, you know, truth and co will paint things and shirts and we'll, and wanting your home and the place that you call home to be a place of authenticity and truth. This is where we are safe and we can be our most authentic selves. And I think we all want that, but we all struggle to have it. And what if we could adorn your house with in your walls with things that are true and good and help you think through what's going to happen in the hallways of your home. And so that whole truth and co thing just kind of surfaced as a, a brand title. And we went to Starbucks and told everybody and then our phone blew up and we haven't hit the ground since. <laughs> well, so. it was funny because our oldest daughter, Ava, she's like, mom, I really want to like learn how to make money. Da, da, yeah. da. And so it literally started with a lemonade stand and the lemonade stand was a fail. We didn't sell much. And so she, I was like, what if we think bigger than a lemonade stand? And then we started doing watercolors. Well, because Sorry. I'm such a great parent, I didn't even sell one of those watercolors. <laughs> but it was a great idea. And then uh, we were driving a ministry that we've worked with for many years called Lighthouse Family Retreat, which is serving children with cancer. And we were driving there and it was like this aha moment as a family. And even the kids were involved in it. But we just started dreaming and putting all of our dreams and goals on a sheet of paper. 
And it literally came to Truth & Co. And so it started with our co is our kids. But when we realized we, we want to dream big, the and co was eventually we want to, you know, Casey's music is all accompanied under that. And we also want to do products and explore that even more and do kids clothing. And I mean, we went down to the nitty gritty. So I have this piece of paper and I look at it fairly often as like, okay, this is what you put down, work towards it. So It's all these things. I love that. I love that so much. And I love that you guys were looking for those promptings from your kids. You know, your daughter just had this idea and this word and this company name. And you just, you listen to her because she matters and she's valuable to you. And I love that you're looking for that in your kids. That's wonderful. So my question is, I love your philosophy on home. I love that you're all about focusing on creating an atmosphere that's a great place for memories to be made and that's all about your family and you know really reflects your personality as a family. I totally agree with that. That being said, you guys have four kids. We have five kids. So when you're when you're in the, the throes of family life, I know for us, most days our atmosphere <laughs> does not look <laughs> like we want it to. We want it, we agree, we want it to be this backdrop for a place where great memories are made and we love our environment. But how do you practically make your home a place that's not chaotic and crazy with that many kids running around? <laughs> Gosh, um, I think that is so great. So great. Number one, still figuring right. it out is nothing Casey and I have mastered. But I think being creative and having a place for things is important. And then one thing that we have going on, I would say 75% of the time when we are in our house, there is always music playing. And it just sets the tone, I think. And so we have created many playlists. And I have it cranked all the time. And whether it's, you know, worship music or we do a lot of movie scores are probably our favorite. We like to pretend we're in a movie. Like, you know, our life is has an underscore. <laughs> I don't know. So that's been like, it kind of can set the mood. And it's crazy how much music can affect the mood in a home. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, I think we said it, the music that echoes in the hallway affects the heart. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll be doing dinner. And it's like, we can tell that we need music because we're starting to get a little edgy. Yep. And you hit like, that jazz starts playing and everybody gets chill. The baby doesn't even cry as much. (laughs) I mean, they have studies on this, how music impacts a baby in the womb. It's all of this stuff I think matters. And so it all kind of comes together to try to help you cherish things that are mattering the most. It's not, God, let me cherish these precious moments when nothing else is distracting me. It's trying to learn to cherish these things above the storms. Mm -hmm. And he calms us in the middle of that stuff. Um, I don't think he does it, you know, when it's all removed. That's awesome. That's great, guys. I love it. You you know what I love? I love when you're you're talking about, you have kind of laid this thing down a little bit for music, but music's so important in your life. And you're now teaching that and pouring that in your kids. And then your daughter says, I want to learn how to make money. And God uses that to spark this movement that's happening. And so... And then the whole idea of writing down goals, what does our family want to be about, serving other people, like going to children's hospital. I love that you guys actually are living it out. And that's what One Life is all about. So I want to ask you this question. With all that you walk through and the ups and the downs, I know we're on this other side and it's rosy and perfect, right? But <laughs> what advice would you give to someone listening who feels called to take a risk? Gosh. Oh, man. Seek wisdom and pray about it and then do it. Yeah, you want to take a risk. It's funny. I think I, the motivator in me, my brain just goes, you're already taking tons of risks. 
So my thoughts are, how can mm-hmm. I point that person to some things that you're already taking risks risks on? Even, you know, everyday things that you're already doing and push one more step further and realize that if you have a relationship with God and you believe that He actually is preparing things for you or you believe that He's got your best in mind, you're really not taking that many risks. Maybe it's reading a book or it's seeing that somebody else did it. But yeah, to take the risk and to take the leap, especially like, I don't know if you're married. I just, when we got married, the vows weren't say I do to letting your will as my wife revolve around God's will for my life. You didn't accept into this marriage so that she could revolve around me like the moon. It's like, no, God joined our will together. I believe he created one thing, one life. And and it's just kind of going, this isn't all about me. This is about you. And then to reach out to your spouse and to share those dreams and to share those hopes and to hopefully be each other's biggest fan and to champion that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not really a crazy risk if your heart's in it and your passion's for it. I think the bigger risk is to waste your life doing something you don't love doing. Mm. And all because you know you haven't taken the time to maybe pick up a book or listen to a podcast or do some research and find out how you could achieve something greater. Not wanting to just forfeit the days that God's given you doing something that doesn't make you come alive. So preach it. Yep. I want to start start singing. Come alive. Come on. Come on. Sound good, man. All right. Anyway, here we go. You got a future. All right. So that's great. All right. Well, we're about to close out our time. I know we're all sad about that. (laughs) Um, So fun guys. Yeah. Running down the road with y'all here. Yeah, yeah. We like to ask every single guest these three questions. We kind of call it our lightning round. And it's this. What is a book that's changed your life? What's a discipline or habit that's made the biggest difference in your life? And what is one piece of advice you would give to the younger you? So what book has changed your life? Rich Dad, Poor Dad just like stopped us in our tracks. We're like, oh my gosh, we've been doing things backwards. And it kind of began this desire to just grow and learn and be stretched and then be wise about finances. And I feel like we're like 10 to 15 years too late on reading this book. I really wish someone would have handed it to me when I was 18. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then Emeth. Just for us, we read it and we're like, oh, we're going to start a business. We're going to make all these products, sell t-shirts, da, da, da. And then, yeah. we, then we read Emeth and we're like, oh, this is a lot harder. Yeah, the statistics <laughs> are not in your favor for like starting a company. So there's definitely a, I think there's a lot of wisdom. We would advise those books just if anybody does hear this and goes, man, I really want to charge after something. You can become a, right. a failed statistic because you didn't seek out the wisdom first. And those those are great assets to any of that. Okay. And I have one more that's fantastic and it's called Dare and it's by Becky Blaylock. It's just about women taking courage and having confidence. And that for me, I think even how I'm wired, I was like, I needed to read this. So Dare was really crucial in me just believing in myself and then having the courage to take the leap of faith. So fantastic book. Story Brand is Mine by Donald Miller. I just changed my answer. So good. So good. It's like taking over the world right <laughs> This now. podcast so good. Any, just anything that helps you look at what you're doing and you just turn the lens a little bit and see it differently and all the answers come into place, yeah. that's the kind of thing you want to be reading. For sure. I love it. Okay. What discipline or habit has changed your life? So I would say being intentional about family time. And I wouldn't say we have mastered this. This is a work in progress and it might always be. So just protecting our time with on the weekends with the girls, the evenings. Um, we've had to be intentional. I'm sure a lot of people struggle with this, but putting the phone away, 
just being intentional that when our girls are looking at us, they're not seeing their mom staring at a phone screen. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, lifting really heavy weights with my biceps has become just an incredible (laughs) (laughs) Because as I look at the future of holding four girls at one time, it seems to me that I should have a strong core. Um, <laughs> For sure. Honestly, running and listening to books, audiobooks, running, it's, I get out of it, which reminds mm-hmm. me of how incredible it is when I'm in it. It helps me process stress so that I'm not taking it on family because that's, that's real. Real talk, nobody comes home perfect. Right. And, and your kids will be the recipients of it. They will read your body language and your dads in particular. Dads set the temperature and atmosphere for little girls in the home and children in the home in general. And I think it's healthy for us to have a place that where you go and process and think before you come home and just do all that out in front of your family. So that's been a big one for me. And then one piece of advice we'd give to the younger us. So I would say if I could talk to myself, the younger me, I would say give yourself a lot of grace because it's hard out there. Um, Start saving right away. Gosh, get some assets. (laughs) Get that asset. Get that asset. (laughs) Mm, Absolutely. We love assets. <laughs> we, um, we have hashtag assets. One piece of advice I would give the younger version of my wife is um, forgive, <laughs> forgive me faster and have more grace for me. Actually, I probably should reference something. The first book, there's a book I read called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, and it, it radically changed my life. Major change. My life. Probably the reason I'm here doing and talking even about the other things I'm talking about. Because that split some time for me when I realized what my household was going to be. I got a home that's going to be four teenagers at some point. You know, it's going to be stressful at times and joyful at times and hard. But yeah, just some of the impact that she says about the place that you get to play in your kid's life. You're there first. I think I would go back and I would want to tell myself to just wait, to wait in every way that you can wait for anything that God has in timing for you. It's not all, doesn't all need to happen right now. Just wait for the better thing. Um, even when you feel like this thing you're holding on to is the thing. Because that's what I want my children. I want them to know this all the time. Just wait. I'm thinking of something big in mind. Times that I've tried to surprise them that we're going to somewhere great to eat or whatever. And they're whining in the car. And I'm like, y'all are going to ruin the surprise. <laughs> wait. I'm always thinking about their best in mind. Y'all know this as parents. We're always thinking those thoughts. And Sometimes our kids can ruin it. (laughs) And it's like shaking the present before they open it to realize that it's even better. And so I think in in that book, she just speaks a lot about that season of your life when you're unwilling to wait for things and you have no idea how much God's heart is for you. And then realizing like the tone that you set for your family and for your spouse and all that kind of stuff. So So huge. That's awesome, guys. (laughs) We'll just go back to talking about assets, you know. Um, No, anyway. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here. It means so much to us. I know it's going to bless so many people. And I know there's people listening to this. They're going to go, okay, how do I follow them? How do I learn about them? Follow them on social media. So how do they Connect with you, yeah. Oh, so our truth and company is just truth and was well, truth and company because co was taken. And then uh, <laughs> at Casey Darnell and at Anissa Darnell or go to our website, truthandco.co. Because yep. again, awesome. .com was taken. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs that M? Nobody needs that. Steal your that's great. You can still have your dreams. That's right. That's exactly right. Exactly right. All right, guys. All right. Well, we, we, we you appreciate so you. Really nice meeting you and excited to follow your journey. Thanks, guys, Thank for having us. Thank you so much. Well, 
you now have your two new best friends as well. We love Casey and Anissa. What an amazing story. What an amazing couple. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening today. If this episode blessed you, we would love it if you take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review. And share it with someone in your life who needs a little courage. And as always, you can find all the information for today's episode in our show notes over at our website, onelife.works. And we're going to wrap it up like we do every single time. So say it with us, say it loud, say it proud. Remember, you only get one life. Live it well. Sorry, I was getting really, these questions are so intense. I was getting sweaty. I had to take off. (laughs) And when I'm sitting this close to my wife, huddled around a computer, just she emits so much hotness. It's like, stop it, woman. I just paid you. (laughs)